This is God's word. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from the shepherds, they said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Let me pray and we'll jump in. Father, so grateful that you speak to us and we can know what you're saying to us because you've given us your word. I pray, Father, that your mighty Holy Spirit would be here and be the divine teacher and show us truth this morning. As our Lord Jesus prayed, Father, sanctify us in truth. Your word is truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, This morning, an old song came to mind. I think it's called, um, some call it Ode to Joy, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. You guys know that song? The first verse goes like this. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness and drive the the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness. Fill us with the light of day. Christmas is about the giver of immortal gladness. And it's about the gift of immortal gladness. And when I say that, I realize that lands on some people. They're like, amen. And other people are like, I don't think so. Not for me. Because Christmas is a time that's fraught with sadness and sorrow. And, and maybe your life is in general. And Christmas is just where it's compounded. And biblical joy, Christian joy, is not the absence of pain and sorrow. It's not. I remember reading one time a philosopher, I think from the late 19th century. He said happiness is the experience of pleasure and the absence of pain. And that is not a Christian understanding of joy or of biblical, I would even say happiness according to the Bible. Christmas is a time when the giver of immortal gladness has come down and he has given us immortal gladness in himself. The kind of gladness that Habakkuk had in Habakkuk chapter 3, he understands God's about to come in judgment on his people and And here's how Habakkuk ends his book. He says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, 
nor fruit beyond the vines. The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no fruit. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herds in the stalls. Listen, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. That's the kind of joy, the immortal gladness that the giver of immortal gladness bestows upon his people. You know, we all want joy. Nobody probably ever thinks they have too much of it. You ever met someone, they're just like, I can't handle any more. I have way too much joy. I have not met that person, and I am not that person. We all pursue joy in some manner. We all pursue it more than we probably realize. We pursue what we think will make us happy. In fact, we probably, this is probably one of the primary pursuits of our lives. We pursue what will give us satisfaction or alleviate pain or give us happiness and joy. However, we often pursue it in all the wrong places, and when we pursue joy like that, it's exhausting, and it is futile. C.S. Lewis famously wrote in his essay, The Weight of Glory. I don't know if I got this exactly right. I kind of wrote it from memory, but I think he said something like this. I didn't look it up. God must look down and see that our desires are not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who's content to make mud pies in the slums because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. The Bible has a lot to say about joy. And when it comes to the story of the birth of Christ, it's brimming with joy. It's overflowing with joy. Read, read, read earlier about the Mary's Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Zechariah's prophecy is full of expectation and joy of what God has promised to do and what he's doing. And of course, our story that we read this morning is so full of joy. The giver of immortal gladness is here to fill us today with the light of day. Like C.S. Lewis said, God offers infinite joy. And I just, I have to say this right now. He offers infinite joy today. Right now. Even with all the difficulty and sadness and sorrow. And not that it, does, it certainly helps those things. It's his joy like superimposed over those things. You still walk through them. You still deal with some of the sadness. We still walk through those things. But his joy can explode upon our hearts. That's what the Lord wants to give us today. That's what the coming of Christ, 
That's the message of the coming of Christ. That was the message of the angels. And so let's not settle for something less than what the Lord wants to give. Well, you've heard this story before, of course. The angels come and they announce good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. The word good news is the word gospel. Euangelion, it means gospel or good news. And it's the gospel of great joy. When you think about the gospel from now on, among other things, I want you to think about the gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel of great joy. The word great is a great word. It really is. In the Greek, it's, it's, it's megas. M-E-G-A-S is how it's transliterated in English. It's where we get the word mega. That's right. Oh, yeah. The, this is, the message the angels gave was good news of mega joy or great, or excuse me, of great joy or mega joy. And it's mega in every way. It's great in every way. It's great in size, in extent, in grandeur, and in rank. It is good news of great joy. The message the angel of the Lord came proclaiming to these unassuming nobody shepherds was good news of great joy. The response was similar when the wise men, or the magi from the east, when they finally found where Jesus was, right? They, they followed the star from the east. They came to Jerusalem. Where's, the, this, where's the, the king of the Jews born? And they find out in Bethlehem. So they make their way to Bethlehem and the star leads them to the place where Christ is. And I love what it says in Matthew 2. When, when, it's, when they see the star stop over the place where Jesus is, it says this, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Not small joy. And they didn't just rejoice. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Now, the word rejoice is like a verb. There's action, right? Joy is something we can have inside, and right? Rejoicing, we just did that as we sang. We rejoiced. And I heard you. I praise God for it. I don't know what it, would, what it looked like with these magi when they, I don't know if they're down the street and they say, that's the house right there. That's the place right there. And they turn to each other. I don't know if there's three or five or we don't know if there's three for sure, but two, three, four, five, and they turn to each other and they gave each other high fives or they just started praising God. We don't know, but they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. This is the joy the angels announced to the shepherds and the magi experienced. And this is the infinite joy that is offered to you today. I want you to notice some things about this joy that we see in this text. First, notice this joy is a joy that reaches to great heights. It reaches to the heights of heaven Perhaps you've heard of the phrase, you know, being on cloud nine. I think it's like the cumulonimbus clouds or something that are really fluffy and looking and stuff. Um, This joy really does lift us up. It really is a joy that can lift us from being down in the dumps, from being down in despair, 
right? Like, like, like I said earlier, drive or melt the clouds of sin and sadness. Drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. This joy really can lift us up. Look at verse 13 and 14. I love this. After announcing the good news of this baby that had been born in a manger, look at what happens. Verse 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel of the Lord a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This news came to lowly shepherds, like laborers, right? Just nobody's in the field, unassuming, they're minding their own business, they're doing their thing. This news came to them, but it also captured the attention of the angels of heaven, a multitude of angelic worshipers came down. They were thrilled to hear the news and see this thing that had, that had happened. And so they came down and put on a worship concert. Could you imagine being there? What would that be like? These angels came down and put on a worship concert inaugurating the Son of God coming into the world. And here's what they sang. First they sang, glory to God in the highest. The message of good news of great joy led to the angels singing of God's highest, exalted glory. Peter tells us something fascinating in 1 Peter chapter 1 and, uh, about angels. And, it, and he says that angels long to look into the, news of Christ, the good news of Christ. They long to look into the salvation that you and I experience as believers, as blood-bought children of God. They long to peek in to this redemptive work of Christ that we experience. The joy that's spoken of here by the angel of the Lord, it bends low for the shepherds and it soars to the heights of heaven as the angels celebrate the coming of Christ. But also notice this joy is, is very expansive. It, it soars to the heights of heaven. It's very expansive as well. Notice who the joy is for. It's not for these three shepherds alone. Verse 10 says, this is good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This is an expansive joy that is to spread to more and more people, whoever all the people is speaking of. And it begs the question, is this for every single person on planet earth? Well, obviously not everyone experiences this joy. There are plenty who reject the message of Christ. Maybe there's someone here today, and up until now, you have. You've rejected Christ, or at least you've rejected this good news of great joy, the way that I'm putting it today. So who is all the people? I think the key is in the next verse. Verse 11. After it says, good news of great joy that will be for all the people, it says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Unto you. It came to the shepherds. And I would beg to say it comes to all, unto all who have ears to hear. 
and a heart that's responsive. I found, find, actually found the phrase unto you kind of strange because, you know, when Grayson, our son, was born, I mean, all of our kids, but he's our newest, when he was born, he was born unto Alyssa and I, right? He was born unto Alyssa and me and our family. It wasn't like he was born unto the world or even really born unto you as the church family that we belong to. He was we would say he was born unto us, and yet the angel says that this Savior has been born unto you. And I take this to mean that the joy of his coming is for all who receive him as their own. We sing the song, uh, I think it's part of Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. There's a line that says, Joy. Oh, how how does it go? Uh, Joy to those who long to see him. Thank you. It's joy to those who long to see him. Day spring from on high appear. I had that part. I was like, I couldn't remember the first part, right? Joy to those who long to see him. Do you long to see him? Do you long for this joy to flood your heart? This is good news of mega joy to all who receive Christ as their own, to all who have the joy of longing to see him, to all who want him. All the people speaking of all who want him. Do you? Do you want him? And of course, what happens when more and more people share in this joy? Well, it multiplies joy upon joy upon joy to the glory and praise of God. So this is a joy that reaches and soars to the heights of heaven, and it's also an expansive joy, and it's also a mega joy in its depth. I want you to see this. The joy that's being spoken of here is far better than a fleeting happiness, it's far better than kind of a chipper attitude, just put, you have a smile on your face, you know, because you got a raise or you got, you know, Christmas gift you wanted or you get to go on vacation or something like that. All of those things are great, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But this joy that's being spoken of is, is far better than that because those things will fade eventually. If there's nothing underneath that, then that's not the joy that's being spoken of here at all. Reality slaps us in the face and those joys or those happinesses just fade away. Notice two things about this encounter with the, with the shepherds, the, the, angel, the angel of the Lord's encounter with the shepherds. Verse nine says this, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. First, God's glory shone around these shepherds. Again, could you imagine being there? I just think, it's funny, I was doing some, I don't do much electrical work, and I, I mean, like nothing like it all dangerous but I, but I was trying to rewire something in my home this last week so I turned off the breakers I did it at night I don't know why I did that but I turned off the breakers and I got this huge this really really bright light that I used to work on my cars in the garage and we have white walls 
And so I turned this really bright light. You, you guys saw that. And it was like blinding <clears throat> off the wall, right? And I'm trying to, anyways. Way brighter than that. The glory of the Lord shone around them. Paul speaks of this glory shining around him when he met Jesus. It was after he met Jesus in Acts 26. He describes it and he says, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining all around me. These shepherds, again, minding their own business, an angel of the Lord appears to them and the glory of the Lord shines around them. And their response is, the only response that a sane person would have, they were filled with fear. In fact, it doesn't say just fear, it says great fear, megas fear. They were filled with great fear. I think the New American Standard says they were terrified or terribly afraid or something like that. Now, of course, the angel of the Lord allayed their fears, but the point is, underneath the joy that was announced, there was this reverence and this awe. It was not just, it was not like being at the funny bone, right? At the, at the comedy club. It was not that. It was, there was some depth to it. This joy is mixed with awe, and I can't help but wonder or think about Psalm chapter 2, this wonderful messianic psalm, speaking of Christ, and it tells us that we ought to respond to the Son by rejoicing and trembling, or actually it says rejoice with trembling. This is a joy that has deep roots and weightiness. So this, this mega joy, it's soaring, it's expansive, it's deep. 